Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, it's really great to have you here. Welcome aboard. Now, confession time. I've just woken up after a cheeky daytime nap. I had I had my lunch in front of the telly. Dickinson's Real Deal was on, bit of daytime telly. And yeah, it just put me to sleep. So I've just woken up and it was glorious. I absolutely adore a daytime nap. I mean, I don't get to indulge them all that often. I I always used to feel really, really naughty if ever I had a little bit of a daytime nap. But now I'm just really grateful that I run my own business and that I can do it. You know, there's so many times when I've been in a job where mid-afternoon my energy's just been so low that I'd be struggling to keep my eyes open. Have you ever done that? I bet you have. I bet everybody does that. I hope you do. I hope it's not not just me. (laughs) So, yeah. So what do you call it? I was just thinking about this. Lots of people call it a nana nap. I prefer a disco nap. So a disco nap came about when he worked in the day and then he had a nap and then he went out refreshed going dancing, which I've always liked the thought of that. So I call it a disco nap. Anyway, I'm kind of going slightly off topic already before we've even started. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, in the membership for the last month, we've been just concentrating on the fear of visibility. And this is such an important thing to work on because if you hide yourself away, then you're just not going to be able to grow your practice and achieve the success that you want in whatever form that may be. I mean, it's obvious really, isn't it? But but equally, I think that we underestimate the amount of fear that we can have around being more visible. Not only do we have our own issues, so we've got issues around shyness, around introversion, around anxiety. We might also have memories from the past that could have made us keep quiet to sometimes, you know, sometimes being quiet is the safest thing to do, isn't it? Don't draw attention to yourself. But we're also told as a counsellor that personal disclosure is bad. So it can be really confusing, can't it, about what's okay to post, what's not okay to post. So we, it's it can be tricky to find our own boundaries while staying ethical. So all of that coupled with the feeling of pressure on social media to kind of be popular, be perfect, keep up with everybody else, take the best pictures, write the best captions. So yeah, the whole thing can be pretty daunting really. So I've really been focusing on helping members to be more visible, but in a way that feels comfortable for them. Because it's often this, well, it almost feels like a a form of stage fright that can hit us and leave us feeling like really paralysed with fear. It's the fear, the anxiety, and even the phobia that's aroused when required to perform in front of an audience. So yeah, I think stage fright sounds a bit like, it sounds like a good description. And if you've ever had to perform at a school play or a musical recital, then you've probably experienced it to some extent. And it's it's widely recognised, isn't it, that public speaking is highly stressful for many people. 
I mean, not all people. Some people absolutely love it and get a fantastic buzz out of public speaking. I know many people that, you know, love public speaking. But even if you do love it, you're still likely to get butterflies in your tummy beforehand. And did you know that performing it in front of an unknown audience can cause significantly more anxiety than performing in front of familiar faces? Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So I'm just going to ask you to hold on to that fact because it feels significantly more scary being in front of an unknown audience. I'm going to come back to that. Now, you're probably wondering what stage fright has to do with you because you're a counsellor, not a performer. Well, let's put it this way. When it comes to posting on social media, do you ever feel a little bit exposed and vulnerable? You know, your fingers poised over the post button. It feels like once you've got what you've written out there, the world's gaze will be on it and viewers, are, strangers are going to be viewing it and judging you and checking out what you've written and potentially pulling it apart, maybe criticising it. And it's funny, isn't it? Because it's easy to forget about all the people that enjoy your posts, all the people that might look forward to them and get comfort from them. People that sometimes get a few ideas that can help them or some extra motivation, or maybe even be entertained by what you've written. I mean, we do that, don't we? We sometimes just focus on the negatives rather than the positives. Okay, so maybe I've gone slightly overboard with the whole world's gaze, <laughs> looking at what you've written, but posting on social media can give a stage fright, just like you're about to perform on an actual stage. And it's this stage fright that presents you from posting more regularly, which in turn holds back your success. And actually, while I'm on the subject of how to feel more confident about spending more time on social media, I just want to let you know that in March, the monthly focus in the Grow Your Private Practice membership is going to be all about growing your social medias. So after we've done the getting comfortable with being more visible in February, members will be actively growing their social media community. So I'm going to be hosting a workshop showing you exactly how, giving you lots of ideas, and lots of tips. And to make it more interesting, there's going to be the Grow Your Social Media Community Challenge, which includes prizes. So not only will you be able to grow your social media um, presence and grow your practice, you could win a prize. How cool is that? So come along and join the Grow Your Private Practice membership now and join in. You know, don't, don't hang around and wait. Start today. You'll also have access to the Private Practice Success Roadmap, which is a series of courses that cover all the main topics like choosing a niche and getting a website. We have the Social Media Made Simple course, the Blogging with Confidence course. And as well as that, we have a comprehensive library of all the trainings, workshops and guest experts that we've ever had. And I've been, you know, this has been on the go for best part of three years now. So we've got loads of stuff in there that's going to help you. We also have four live events every single month that cover both the practical side of running a practice and working on the mindset issues that hold you back. And there's a friendly and supportive community of peers. And so basically, it's got everything that you need to grow your private practice. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us. If you want to come and join us, just check out growyourprivatepractice.co.uk and get started today or just drop me a line and you know ask me any questions that you have right anyway i digress back to how i can stop you feeling more nervous when you're posting on social media now i've got a really simple and free way to settle those nerves and combat social media stage fright and 
it's actually my version of a simple client avatar. Now, you might have heard of customer avatars, and this is where you imagine who your ideal client is, what they do, how they look. You think about lots of different aspects of their life, things like what sort of car do they drive? What newspapers do they read? Where do they go shopping? This is really, really popular in the marketing world. And, you know, it's not a new thing. It's been around for a long, long time. And you can try creating one of these. However, in the membership, I don't generally use these because I kind of question how helpful they are for us. Instead, I devised something that I call the empathy exercise, which is a really effective way of helping you to get into the head of your ideal clients, to get a real understanding of them. You get a chance to really explore the problems that they have, the issues that they have, the thoughts and fears they have, their hopes and dreams, and ultimately look at what they actually want from counselling. Now, if you're a member, you'll find the empathy exercise within the foundations course. And there's also a quick win training too, if you just want to look at it like on its own. So if you do get stage fright and you feel your anxiety rising every time you post on social media, having a simple client avatar can really help. So here are five steps to creating your own client avatar. So step one, make a profile of your ideal client. So really, it's just about sitting down and thinking, right, who are they? What are their current problems? What are their current issues? What are they struggling with? But not only that, think about what are their ideal outcomes. As a profession, often we we kind of don't spend as much time focusing on this as would be useful because we often know a lot about what makes them come to counselling, their problems, their worries, their fears, all of that. We, we often have good grasp of that. But something we fall down on is we're not really sure what it is that they want from counselling. And if we don't know what it is they want from counselling, It's difficult for us to express to them that, you know, we can help them to achieve that. And yeah, I'm not talking about promising, you know, that we can change their lives and make everything ideal, but it is important that we know what our clients want. So it could be that you work with grief and loss and somebody that would be a really good fit for you, an ideal client, might be someone that's feeling lonely after a bereavement. So that person could be feeling isolated. They could be afraid to let people know their real feelings. They might be really worried about letting the mask slip. So they may think that they can't. You know how it often is for people that have been bereaved? People around them sometimes expect them to have got over it a lot sooner than they actually do. And that could be something that's really difficult. They may think they have to keep really, keep everything bottled up. They might think people are going to be really fed up of their grief. So an ideal outcome could be that they feel able to talk more freely and openly about their feelings, which means that they don't bottle things up all the time. Or it might be that they start building up a social life again and connecting with new people. So what I suggest you do is brain dump as many things as you can. And don't worry if your mind goes blank. You can keep adding to this as you come up with more and more ideas. So first of all, just imagine, you know, what what this person's problems are and what it is that they want from counselling. Next, and this is the fun bit, create an image of them. So if you use Canva, so Canva is a free designer. It's pretty fantastic. So if you use Canva, you can make an image on Canva or you could look on Google Images. But look, just be aware, 
don't use images that are taken from Google because you, you can get into trouble with, with copywriting issues. So make sure that if you're going to use an image and you could, I think if you do it just for your own personal use, that's okay. But if you're going to use it and use it publicly, you know, just be a little bit careful. So create an image of this person. So think about what they might look like. So just scroll through a few images and see which one kind of, kind of fits right. And then number three is give them a name. What are you going to call this person? So now you've got a picture of this person, you've got their name, you know a little bit about them. The next step is to go a little bit deeper and think a little bit more. Who is this person? What's happening in their life? Do they work? Do they have kids? You know, what is what do they what do they do? And then what you do is whenever you write a social media post, you imagine that you're writing to just that one person. So rather than thinking, right, I'm going to post something and it's going to go to like, you know, potentially millions of people. And let's face it, it'll be very unusual that your post goes out to millions of people. But sometimes when we're posting, it feels as though what we're putting out there is going to go out to loads and loads of people. But the beauty of this is it means that you can just imagine that you're writing to that one person. So if you've called that person flossy, it means that every time you sit down and write a post to Flossie about how she feels after she's been bereaved, you can then be thinking, right, well, what does, imagine, you know, imagine it's a real person. What does Flossie need to know? How might they be feeling? What little tip could I give them? What little, you know, what could be something I could share with them that's motivational? What could I share with them that's inspirational? What would they find helpful? What would they, what would they be entertained by even? So when you think about what you're going to post and then you post it, you're doing it to that one person. And this helps in so many different ways. It makes the post that you're putting out there a lot more conversational. So when you're writing it, if you know that it's going to be flossy that you're speaking to, it's it's not going to be starchy. It's not going to be really formal. It's going to be, well, I'm just talking to flossy. I'm going to talk to flossy and help her with this thing. So you know, it really helps for the tone of your posts to be a lot more conversational. And that's the way they need to be. And it also helps you to really focus on what their wants and needs are so that your posts are always going to be beneficial for them. So they're going to follow you. They're going to be interested in you. And what's the knock-on effect of that? You're going to feel good because you're going to get people following you and engaging in the posts that you put out there. But probably most importantly, it's going to really help to get rid of this stage fright and this anxiety because you're going to just be speaking to one person that you already know. And remember earlier, earlier, I asked you to remember the fact that it's more difficult to be in front of an audience of people who don't know you. Well, you can pretend you're in front of an audience of just one friendly face. So that's going to make it a lot easier. So yeah, by having somebody in mind, you can focus purely on them. You can share things that are going to help them. You can think about, you know, what's one little tip that I can give them today? What's one little thing that's going to help them to have some inspiration or, or might motivate them and remind them that they are a valuable person and they deserve to feel better? Doesn't that feel better that instead of having to just broadcast all sorts of stuff on social media and it's got to kind of it's got to be useful for everybody. If you just make it something that's really applicable to your niche, that makes such a massive difference and it's it's going to help you to feel better and it's going to make posts actually work better.
So this is obviously going to be really helpful on social media, but it's also something that's really useful in lots of different situations. So you can think about Flossie or whatever you call your avatar when you're writing the copy for your website. So when you're writing your website, you can again imagine that you're writing it just for Flossie. What is it that they need? What would they be attracted by? What would they find useful? When you're writing blogs or or putting together other forms of content, you know, you can think, right, what blogs am I going to write? What would be useful for Flossie? What would, I don't know why I thought Flossie. I don't know why I thought that at all. But anyway, but what would be useful for Flossie? What would they find really useful? And again, you know, if you do workshops or something like that, when you're putting together the workshop, you can again be thinking, right, if Flossie's in the audience, what would they want to hear? What would be helpful for them? And it just makes it all such a lot easier. So here we go. I've got an action step for you. So remember, information without action is merely entertainment. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to have a go at making your own avatar. So make a profile, have a think about who they are, what their problems are, what their ideal outcomes are. Create an image, give it a name, and consider a little bit more about their life or their backstory. And then when you post on social media, just make the post just for that one person. And I'd really, really love to know how you get on with this. So let me know. Now, you'll usually find me on LinkedIn. So if you go onto LinkedIn, just have a search for Jane Travis, and it's Jane without a Y. Or you'll also find me on Instagram. So it's at Grow Your Private Practice. So there you are, a really, really simple way that makes posting on social media feel a whole lot more doable. So we've looked at why we struggle to post on social media. We've looked at the underlying problems and what they can be. We've had a little look at why creating a simple client avatar can help. And you have an action step now to help you to move forward. So I'm going to challenge you to take some, take some action. Now, I really, really hope that you found today's podcast useful. And remember, if you need any help identifying your ideal clients, there are loads of resources to help you within the membership. Now, I'll add a link below to growyourprivatepractice.co.uk. And never miss an episode. Subscribe and all the episodes will be beamed up directly to your phone. So that's it. All that's left to say now is have a fantastic week. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye bye you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there i'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye